Hi, welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Roxo, author of Fuck Like a Goddess, creator of Radical Awakenings, transformational coach, and student of life. I'm here to stand with you asking questions about what is sacred and what is profane and the space between. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. I am so excited about this episode. It really lit me up. It is with the amazing, illustrious author, creator, entrepreneur, Kate Northrup. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Perhaps take some notes. I'm going to go back and do the same. I am so happy you all to have Kate Northrup here today. I have been a fan. I've kind of like peeped and lurked at Kate's work over the years. And then it wasn't until this year I was like, okay, I think it's time. I think this medicine is for me nowadays. And um, I'm just so honored to have you here on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. Yeah. So as I was kind of diving deeper into your work, because I found you at this point on your journey where I found you talking a lot about money and having a book that's in the space of money, but I was, I, I didn't, kind of find you on the journey before. But in my research, I'm like, oh, wow, there's been such a journey. And I love following people <laughs> and getting to know and, and being curious about, well, what brought you from here to here to here? Many mm-hmm. creative women entrepreneurs, I feel like our lives influence where our work goes. And so I'm just curious, like, what was the initial kind of maybe moment or era in your life that set you off on the path that you're now continuing onward? I know it's a kind of a big question, but I was just curious. Yeah. I'm like, who was she right before this? And like, what was she doing? And what led her to say, I'm going to step out into the world and create something with a big message? Wow. That's a great question. And no one's ever asked it in that way. So thank you for asking it in that way, because it's going to help me answer it differently than I usually would. Um, I will say, in all honesty, I never intended to do this for a living. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) Me neither, actually. I came by... I don't even know what's happening right now. (laughs) I came by this by accident. Um, What happened is I was actually, so my parents were both doctors and worked a lot. And my childhood was very intertwined with their careers Mm. and them not being around. Mm. Um, Is when you have two parents who are doctors, there's like a lot of time where they're, you know, healing people. Um, and so, or delivering babies or I got the funniest, this is total non sequitur, but it was just so funny. I got the funniest DM from somebody the other day and she was like, Hey, I saw you're from Maine. That's so great. Um, it's so funny. I was delivered by a doctor in Maine with the last name Northrup. And have you ever heard of her? And I was like, my mom delivered you. Like, I was like, yes. I it was just like, oh my funny. gosh. Like, Did she like make an anyway. emoji like, oops. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, she was just like, yeah, you do look like her. Anyway, it was just, it was just like a kind of magical. Well, I, but anyway, I definitely, I really. Quick mention of your mom. I definitely ha- had her book like when I was 18, 19. Like, I discovered her. Like, she's you know, changed the lives of so many people. And that's a whole other conversation. But anyway. Such a pioneer. That's a whole other conversation, which we can have. But anyway, so, um, and my mom in particular, you know, even when she stopped practicing medicine daily, I was 16, but she had a really big career. And so I knew early, I just really felt like I knew I wanted to be a mom and I knew I wanted to be able to be super present with my kids Mm -hmm. and have a lot of freedom to show up 
when I wanted to show up. So, you know, I knew running a business was going to be my path. I knew I wanted that kind of time freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, The nature of my career was more of a surprise to me, but I did know that I wasn't going to be going out and finding a corporate job. You know, I started reading books about financial freedom and financial literacy when I was a teen because I was just like, I'm going to figure this out. Like I'm not going to go get a high paying job and, and, and let that be my plan. Um, cause you know, my parents did really well, but they were just like super freaking busy and couldn't right. come to a lot of stuff. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And yeah. so with so that, that, so anyway, yeah. And then the message part that was sort of like, I was, <laughs> so you had a young entrepreneurial brain. Is, you were like, you had the, I had a young yeah. entrepreneurial brain and then it, I'm just like a talker. It turns out I'm a talker. I'm good at enrolling people and stuff. I'm like very enthusiastic. And so it just, and I was in sales. I worked in direct sell, sales, okay. sales, sales, selling. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was like teaching these workshops as part of my direct selling business and 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 then I was running this part of direct selling business with my mom, but I really wanted like my own identity. So I started a blog and then I started making money blogging and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. I can like write emails about what I'm enthusiastic about and I could get paid for that. I was like, this is the greatest thing of all time. Wow. And so that is sort of what started to happen. It was, it was me just starting a blog on a whim. Um, and thinking I was just doing it for fun. And what was that blog about that first time? I don't know. It was, it was like, just like, I, fashion. this is a great, like for anybody who's, you know, an entrepreneur in the online space, hot tip for you. Here's what I did. I emailed everyone I knew and I said, hi, I'm starting a blog. I'm not a hundred percent sure what it's going to be about, but it'll, it'll definitely be like personal development and spirituality and wellness and like, um, financial wellbeing. Mm. Those will be kind of the topics. And, um, so if you want to be on my email list to get that blog, you know, just click on this link. And I used a program called direct mail or something. It was like an Apple program, like a long time ago before a yeah. Weber and all the things. Even A Weber makes me sound like I'm, I'm like. <laughs> I came in a mail. Exactly. Or no, constant exactly. contact. Constant contact was my first one. Oh, <laughs> it was kind of in those days. Yeah. So I I got 400 email subscribers uh, just like from starting with the people I knew, and then and then it grew because you know whatever at at that time it it did just from blogging. So the blog was about what I was excited about, which is remains the same: personal development, wellness, spirituality. Um, but really women in power, which I couldn't have articulated that at the time, yeah. but that's really what I've always been talking about. And so from that, just like you. Yeah. And it's funny cause I sent an email. Yeah. I don't think I asked consent is the difference. <laughs> I just sent an email <laughs> to everyone in my okay. email newsletter in my, in my thing. And I, I used to just send them and I looked back recently cause I'm, I'm a nostalgic Pisces. And I was like, I would write the most beautiful emails, but I would, they were so like mystical, hippie, artsy. And I sent them to everyone I knew. And I was like, girl, I'm like, hi, everybody. I'm traipsing through, you know, the woods talking to the fairies. And like, I'm sending this to like everyone I know in my, you know, all family members, all friends, all former boyfriend. It just, you know, wow. anyway. That's so courageous. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think you have to have a little of that crazy in you when you're like, I'm going to put myself out there publicly. And for some reason, yeah. I think it's a good idea. And I think some of us, I, I don't know, I'm curious for you, but for me, it's like, I've always just wanted to share stories and share information. And so a part of me would rather look silly or stupid than not do it. And so I think that whether it's an artistic call or mystical soul call, I've just been like, fuck it. I'm just going to share the magic. If people like it, great. If they don't, fine. And so for you, have you ever had like, as you started that blog, as you continue to grow your business as an entrepreneur, what helps you to continue to just create and share despite, mm-hmm. let's say, any fears or doubts or insecurities? <sighs> Number one, as I've already mentioned, 
my above average level of enthusiasm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I just like, can't help it. Yeah. For example, I recently read a book on longevity and my husband, poor guy, I was just like every day I was like, and this, and this, and did you know this? And it, like I get, I'm like that about, and he was like, okay, babe. So there's just a new rule, which is prior to 8 a.m., you are not allowed to share any longevity data. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like, got that. That got that intense. Right. <laughs> so it's very specific I like that. You could share about other things, yep, but no longevity talk. Yep. Other things. Yeah. So it's just when I get into something, I really get into it and I want everyone to know yeah. about it. Yeah. So that is number one. But mm-hmm. I, I also have a pretty good sense, maybe less with my husband, but I do have a pretty good sense of like if people are available for that information or not. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, um, you know what? I just really want folks like, and myself too, I'm just fascinated by like what else there is. Mm-hmm. And I want us to know like an experience as much as possible of what it is to be human. And so it feels important to be like, Hey, did you know? Or like, let me tell you this story or, and because also I have a pretty insatiable appetite for that kind of inspiration Mm -hmm. and, um, expansion from other people as well. And, uh, yeah, no, I know people, you know, I know there are people don't like me or certain people and that, you know, I'm sure I, folks judge me, whatever, whatever. You know, luckily the older I get, the less I care. Cause I am historically, like, I'm definitely somebody who like, I want to belong. I want to be part of the group. I'm, I'm not one of those people who early on was like, Oh, fuck it. I'm, I'm not that kind of, I'm like, Ooh, do you like me? Yeah. Um, but good news is the older I get, the less I care. Thank God for aging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it sounds like that the enthusiasm for whether you call it your dharma or your mission or just your passion in the world, that the enthusiasm trumped the fear. And I always talk about this with women I work with. I'm like, you ha- there has to be enough of a passionate drive that you don't care how many people are watching. I mean, on some level, right? But like you're doing because it's like so fun and it's so interesting and you're so lit up by it. And so that if that thing feels strong in you, then you you can have, speaking of longevity, you can have longevity with your work because it's not just about the approval of others. And I see people. Totally. And it's like, and that's what it feels like with you. It's like your enthusiasm about whatever it is, is what carries the work. And it's like, it's not about creating a product or a business that's like, oh, I, I, I need to do this ABC. It's like, no, this is what's lighting me up. And like, I think that that is when I see the entrepreneurs, the artists, the creators, the writers, the authors that I love the most, I'm just like, they love this so much. Like they love it. And then I want to love it too. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't imagine, you know, I, I have friends who like build a company and then they sell it. Um, and that's so cool. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, okay, yeah, but like, what would I do? Like, yeah. I would do this anyway. Yeah, I would just, yeah. <laughs> Same thing, different name. <laughs> well, and I think that's yeah. the difference between, and I talk about this sometimes, like with people I work with, I'm like, it's the difference between being like, I'm a person, a creative, an entrepreneur versus I'm creating a brand. And I do see some women create brands that they outgrow really quickly And then they feel beholden to this brand because they've put all this money and stuff into it. And I I personally love following a person or a creative or an author or an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur so that I can see them shift over time versus something – I mean, if it's a brand of coffee or something, that's different. But when it's like when we're talking about the feminine and our cycles and our changes, I just I'm curious, what do you think about that in terms of I know you work with a lot of people in the space of money and productivity yeah. and all kinds of things. What do you think about people, um, especially women? Because I think most of my audience, mm. I will. I love all of you audience, not just the way, <laughs> but um, I do think 
there is something cyclical about the phases that we go through. And so, yeah, how does that relate to creating a brand or changing your mission or the things that you talk about as an entrepreneur? Yeah. Okay. I love this question. Um, I have looked at my friends sometimes or other women I admire in this yeah. space, whatever that would be called. We're trying to figure that one out every day. <laughs> whatever it is that we do here. And I've thought to myself, God, if I could just be more specific and more simple with who I am and who I serve and what I'm about, I would probably make a lot more money and have a lot larger reach. But then I think to myself, and I would be so bored. And so I just, for me, this is not necessarily business advice. Like if I'm giving pure business advice, yeah, like get super specific Make it really obvious what problem you solve. Make it really obvious who you solve it for. And that's going to work really well from a business and from a revenue perspective. Um, And then there's the soul perspective. And uh, my soul contains multitudes, as does all of ours. And my business happens to be a pretty direct expression of my soul. And I've gone down the road of trying to get more narrow and more specific over the years. And um, every time I do that, I end up feeling a little dead inside. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at with it I today. love that. You know, it's funny because I had this thought this morning. I was peeing and I thought, I wonder what Kate <laughs> would say about my business. <laughs> And I was like, she'd probably bring it. She'd probably say to get more specific. <laughs> and because oh. I was looking at yours and I was thinking, she's really clear and she's really specific. Oh, so isn't that wonderful that and you I think feel like that? I'm all over the place. <laughs> well, I mean, I am clear that I support women in coming more alive. Yeah. I love that. But like, Again, when we get into the marketing speak and stuff, no one's like lying in bed at night thinking to themselves, like, I want to come when more alive. Like, right, I need to right? thousands of dollars. To- yeah, but you know also how it is. Like, yeah. it just, it's a resonance. And I think that there's specificity in our messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying like, make all your copy. Like, I empower you to be the highest frequency of right. who's he, what, right? Like maybe, yeah, be a little more specific. But there's also a specificity to your frequency. Yeah. And I think if we're being really truthful, Mm -hmm. that frequency is quite magnetic. So in a way, our truthfulness can supersede um, any place where maybe our messaging isn't as clear as maybe we think it should be, but like our energy is really clear. And that's the truth is people make decisions based on how they feel, not based on what they think. And so that's your energy anyway. Oh, pure gold that she just gave us. That was amazing. It's that's, that's it. I I believe that so much too. I really do. And I think when I think about the clients and the women that have come to me, I'm always curious, like, you know, is it because they were looking for a person to help them with ABC or is it because they're like, ah, she feels dope. She's awesome. (laughs) Or like, she's interesting. Or I want what she has, which is totally fine. Um, Totally fine. And I definitely have faced over the last few years, that same question. I would be a hypothesis rather of like, I would be making more money if I was like, hi, I'm an intimacy coach and I help you with your relationships or I help you with your sex life or I help you with money just flat out. Um, And every time I've thought about doing something like that, I'm just like, but it, I would have to leave behind all these other aspects of myself that that just doesn't feel right. You know, it's even if I'm like, I just work with spirituality. I'm like, yeah, but not really. Cause you know, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And I think that like, it's like, okay, so, so there's so many different metrics that we can measure if what we're doing is working. Yeah. And at the end, you know, I heard a stat yesterday that if you make more than 198 thousand dollars a year, you are in the top five percent of income earners in the United States. Oh well that's the US. Imagine the whole world. Yeah. Imagine the whole world. 
And if you make more than $30,000 a year, this one we might have to fact check. But okay. I, what I recall is if you make more than $30,000 a year, you are in the top 50% of income earners, wow. just in the United States. I'm right. sure you have an international community. But it was a good reminder. Sobering a little. Of, and not it's sobering. It's just sobering. Of, so, so the reason I say that is like, yes, sure. Could we make more money if we were more specific? Yes. For what? Right. That's a great question. That's a great question. You know, like what's enough? And also you can have as much as you want. So like, I think both are the same. Like I'm not somebody who's judging. Yeah. Like if you want to buy Chanel bag, abs, great. Yeah. If that does it for you, phenomenal. I think you should have them. Yeah. Um, there are certain expensive things that I like. Mostly like organic b- berries. <laughs> it's just like I always want to yeah. be able to buy organic berries without not looking at how much they cost. They're but anyway, ninety nine each time. Yeah, they're very expensive, <laughs> especially when you have like toddlers who like to put one raspberry on Aww. each finger and like make a whole game of it. Um, anyway, so but yeah, I think we really need to ask ourselves like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this after a certain point? And, you know, when you're first starting out, like, obviously you need to make more money. And maybe when we're, you're first starting out, maybe that is the time to be more specific and that's okay too. Yes. I have so many questions about this. Uh, um, well, my first question that popped up was like, what is, is there, is there a, when we reach a certain amount of wealth, which is all relative, right? Like we just mm-hmm. heard. What would you consider like a responsible way to use that? Do you have any opinions mm. on that about paying it forward or sharing? Or- yes. Okay. I have Give opinions. It <laughs> Give it to us. Doesn't mean they're right. Oh, <laughs> they are what my opinions, opinions are. for a reason. <laughs> okay. So number one, especially for women, but this is for all people, but it's especially for women because we are still needing to repair from thousands of years of patriarchy where women had no financial power. So number one, if you are a woman, um, if you're human, (laughs) take, you need to be taking 10% of what you make a year and paying it to yourself Mm. and then putting it where? Well, in savings or investments or retirement, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, 10% off the top to you, Mm -hmm. to you. So what often will happen with money, women is they're like thinking about who do I need to give to? Where do I need to be giving back? And they're not even like covered Uh for their own long-term planning. So before we even talk about anywhere else to be responsible, your biggest responsibility is to make sure you are financially taken care of because we cannot help anybody else unless we're squared away. So that's why I needed to hear that since I don't have a retirement plan and I haven't been saving much, but I give to lots of organizations every month. How wonderful. <laughs> I'm going to recommend <laughs> for, for you and everyone else because, okay, so, so this is where I get really practical. Yeah. When you simply factor in the power of compounding interest, for example, over time, If you were to flip that Mm -hmm. and give a smaller percentage to other organizations and pay yourself a higher percentage and then invest it in vehicles that will then allow it to compound, that money doubles and then quadruples and then eight times and then 16 times. And then you have so much more financial power later that would not, that you can then give more generously from while also really more than handling your own needs because of the power of compounding interest. So, um, I appreciate that. Okay. Pay yourself 10% of your annual take home. Um, not 10% of your top line revenue, right? 10% 10% of your annual take home. Okay. So that so whatever this for some of us. Um, yeah. So that is not your gross income, essentially. Not your gross, right? So After like, let's say your business makes $100,000 a year. You take home $30,000 a year. Pay yourself $3,000. Okay. Got it. Just, I was doing simple yeah. math, but yeah. Good math. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Um, I don't do complicated math. Um, So 
That's number one. And then number two, um, what else do I want to say about that? Then really thinking about spending money in alignment with what matters to you. Mm -hmm. So, so many people will be like, oh, you know, your living expenses shouldn't be more than 25% of your monthly income, right? Your rent or your mortgage shouldn't, that's like sort of a baseline measure that people use. Or groceries shouldn't be this or who's it, fine. Here's what's more important is like, are you spending money in alignment with what matters to you? And are you therefore voting with your dollars for the kind of world you want to see? Right. So you might say like, yes, I really the environment is so important to me. You know, these corporations with their lack of accountability, they're the problem and the lobbyists and right. But then it's like, well, I can't afford to buy regenerative produce. Right. From so therefore, but I also will go out on Friday night and have four cocktails with my friends. Right. right? So it's just like it really comes down to integrity. Yeah. And money is designed to be a stand-in for what we value. Yeah. So we're supposed to use it for what we value. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, we get to create more like essentially money just fertilizes what's already there. Yeah. So we want to just like fertilize for what we want to see more of. And it's way easier to shave off your expenses and become more of a magnet for abundance when you're spending in alignment with what matters to you because that's resonance. That's truth. Money likes the truth. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And then after all that's handled, like certainly, you know, 5%, if you can do 5% of year to, of your take home Mm -hmm. to organizations that really um, speak to you, then that's also super wonderful. The other thing we can do is really think through like, um, okay, is there a way that I could support what matters to me, not only through charity, but also through investing? Yeah. Right. Like, could I participate in micro loans right. like through Kiva.org? Could I could I be part of seed funding? Like what are the other ways yeah. that I can be part of these things? And you don't have to have bajillions of dollars. You can have $15. Right, to do that. And the energy of that is really important to get in the game. Yeah. I was just looking at microloans because I was like, Years ago when I worked in film, I worked on a documentary about microloans that was, I think, at Tribeca or Toronto Film Festival or mm-hmm. something. And I didn't know much about them before then. And um, I was like, are they still a thing? And I was Googling them the other day. I'm like, are you know, microloans still a thing? And they are. And a lot of money is still being given. And so for people that don't know what that is, it's a, a way that you can invest in a small business, especially in a area of the world, perhaps, where $100 would go a really long way for a woman to actually start a business. So there's something that does feel different about that versus just charity giving, right, to an organization. Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps you may feel a little bit more connected. You could have a relationship with what's happening Mm -hmm. with that money. I think that's beautiful. I'd like to, have you done any of that recently? I haven't recently, but now that we're talking about it, I'm like, I'm going to go do that. The other thing is, if you are working on meeting your own financial needs first, you might also think about like, is there a resource I could give of that's more of my time? Yeah. Right. Or how in my business can I build in layers of equity? Mm-hmm. So, you know, every program we run are, are, are like scalable programs. We offer a certain amount of scholarship yeah. spots and we always, you know, we always make sure. And then our free content, we make sure we pour the same amount, if not maybe even more <laughs> attention into that in certain ways and just these different layers of yeah. accessibility. That's why I love writing books. Like everyone can get them for free at the library. That so is awesome. thinking about that too. Yeah. Um, and it yeah. is true. It's like, it's an interesting consideration in terms of what we give that's free and what we give that's marketing because there's like a line, but I've thought about it. Sometimes I just write 
for a long time on Instagram. I just wrote and it wasn't necessarily marketing. It was like just free love, <laughs> free love, people. <laughs> Sounds free super hippie. Um, I think as I've gotten a little bit more business savvy, I was like, okay, girl, let's use the platform for a little bit more of a directed thing. But like this podcast I pay for out of my pocket and I do it, you know, to share because I love this. Like I know this conversation is going to benefit people. And again, I don't think of that necessarily as money I'm giving back, but it is, it is money that I'm. Well, if you think about, you know, here's a practical way to think about that. Cause I, I sometimes like to attach a number to things, even though money is just made up anyway. But if you think about like what you, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you're the primary revenue engine of your company. Yes. So, right. So if you, you want to really think about like, what does your company make a year? And then what do, how many hours on average do you work a year? And then what do you want to make a year? And how many hours do you want to work? And so there's the number that, that the first number creates your hour, that's your hourly rate. And then the second number is like really the hourly rate that you would want to be moving towards Uh to hit your goals. And so anytime Mm. that you are, doing something where you're not getting paid, you do want to think about that in terms of like, oh, that was actually a thousand dollars that I just donated. Um, or you can think about, uh, oh, well, if I can hire somebody to do this task for $30 an hour that I'm doing, then I can go do thousand dollars an hour task. So it's both sort of a delegation and also a a, a sort of a, a giving yeah. mindset thing. Um, and same thing, like it also really helps with boundaries. So if somebody's coming up in your DMs and is like, hey, I want to pick your brain about X, E, Y, Z, Who's And it's like, yeah, no, like, yeah, no, I'm not going to sit here and answer you in my DMs for free yeah. when, although maybe I am because I've decided consciously I'm going to give my time right yeah. now. So then we get to just like be really making clear decisions about it. So you're basically you're saying this is a $3,000 conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, she's amazing. She's giving us her time. So honored. And I will. So, okay. So, but to like, so we're, we're talking money, we're talking productivity. So just to bridge those, like I have really done the assessment. I know that when I look at, the you know the 80-20 rule, Pareto's principle, it says that 80% of our results will come from 20% of our actions. Mm, when I, I assess, oh, okay, it's the best. <laughs> it's one of the core principles that I teach. I did not invent it. But when you really analyze and look at like, what are the activities that move the needle for me in my business or for me in my life, because you don't have to have a business for this to apply to you, in parenting, in your, what are the things in your partnership that are the 20% of activities that give you 80% of the feeling of connection? You know, whatever those are going to be. For me, I know that doing this is a very high level activity for me, even though I don't quote unquote get paid. Yeah. So not only does it move the needle like in terms of like revenue generating stuff in the end, yeah. I also just really love it. Yeah. So, Often there might be an intersection between those two things where like the thing that lights you up the most may actually also be the thing that moves the needle the most. Hi, everybody. Quick little interlude here. So I wanted to tell you what my favorite things are to put in my morning smoothies or morning coffee, chai, mate, cacao, depending on my mood. So I've been using... Uh, this incredible rose powder from Anima Mundi, which I love connecting to the spirit of the rose. There is this beautiful, deep, powerful feminine essence that I feel in the spirit of the rose. And so putting it, actually ingesting it feels so incredible so that I can become um, less human and more rose. That's part of one of my life goals. (laughs) Um, But I also use uh, from Anima Mundi herbals, their happiness tincture and the energy tincture, which have lots of good things and they actually taste good, which is very important to me. 
And they also have just come up with some incredible rose body oils and face oils. And there's a rose face mask, which is beautiful and gorgeous. So I just highly recommend anything that comes from a really ethically sourced place, a female owner. They have incredible information on their website and their newsletter that helps you create ritual with the products, which I think is just super helpful and really beautiful. And the vibe is on point. And that's what's so important to me as I am a consumer in this world today. It's, it's, is this product in integrity? Can I feel uh, the heart of it? And I really can with Anima Mundi. So if you want to try any of their products, use the discount code Alexandra15 and let me know what you think. All right, you guys, back to the podcast. Yes. I agree. And I think it's a beautiful distinction. And it, it, it is like a case by case basis, because there are some things that I say yes to that I'm like, Oh, my God, why did I do that? <laughs> less and less nowadays. I mean, I actually yeah. had something recently where I think I had maybe had a long client day. And I thought I was doing like a guest teaching for like a group of many women, right? And I got on and there were two women and the moderator. And I sat there and I said, can you, can you uh, pause the recording? And I said, you know, I'm not able to give the full uh, embodied breath movement transmission practice, um, but I would love to send you a recording of one that I recorded recently, yeah. which is really fucking good. And I'm happy to do just a little Q&A with you right now. And it was really scary to do that because... Mm. I just could feel in the moment that I was going to go into my burnout kind of reserves and that I was like, this isn't the moment to do that. You know, this isn't the moment. And I, it was awkward for a moment. I'm not going to lie. But then, you know, with my enthusiasm and heart, like it was fine. <laughs> I think it was fine. Yeah. But it was scary to actually yeah. go time out. Like I'm realizing that this would not be good. Yeah. And sometimes you do, we do need to have that awkward in the moment switch directions. Yeah. And I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. And I'm such a stickler <laughs> for commitments and stuff. When I mm. say I'm going to do something, I'm like, <gasps> so I had to like weigh really quickly in the moment. How could I still make this yes. a big, a good experience for them where they get something where I'm not just like pulling out and flaking because that would be really right. bad. Um but yeah, it was a quick save. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I have so many questions for you about the subjects of productivity and money because they are, it's like I hear a lot of people talking on the internet about these things, but I, there's something about the way that I felt you talk about it that feels easier for me to digest. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I even feel sometimes those subjects make me go, ah, <laughs> like I kind of <laughs> want to run. Um, I get a little like, oh, do I really have to do all that stuff? <laughs> but when I see your content, I'm like, yeah, I actually get it because there's an energetic component, like you're including that in there. And I'm curious, what is the most common thing, theme or thing that you see with women in money these days in your groups and in general mm. people that you work with? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> So I would say um, telling themselves a story that it's harder than it is. Oh, I do that sometimes yeah. for sure. So do I. But <laughs> it is really like um, anyone listening to this is definitely smart enough to be good with money. Yeah. And anyone listening to this definitely has what it takes. It's like not that hard. Yeah. The financial industry makes it sound complicated and hard on purpose. Hello, patriarchy. Yeah. Hello, invisible gates mm -hmm. to keep us from going for power, mm -hmm. right? Power is related. Money is related to power. And if you want to get right with your relationship with money, you're going to have to get right with your relationship with power, mm. which incidentally, is the same as your relationship with sex. Yeah. So money, sex, and power, all the same kind of energy in your body, but very frequently women will like 
either so any a, a woman who is going to get into that area of their life will be like either I'm going to exercise this around money or I'm going to exercise this around sex right. but like missing the other one right yeah i see that and, a lot where people yeah right or people teach about sex and then they move into teaching about money and i'm just like you're, it's just like that's a, a common thing going through the chakras and doing your chakra yes, healing the same thing second <laughs> second chakra money sex and power yeah. so if you're talking about sex you're talking about money yeah. if you're talking about money you're talking about sex if you're talking about power you're talking about money and sex yeah um and so yes yeah, so it's just to know that like it's not that hard yeah. Um, and a little attention, a little loving attention on your money goes a very long way. Yeah. 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 I love that. And then on the flip side with the productivity, what's the most common thing, let's say story or pitfall or shadow Mm -hmm. that you see with women in productivity? Is the, um, unconscious tendency to, uh, be either busy or sort of uh, caught in the activity of overwhelm um, as a as a way of like proving our worth through incessant busyness that's not necessarily related to results or satisfaction. Great, great. So how do we get out of that loop? Because I gotta say that's been one for me since I was twelve. And I have done so much, so much repair, so much recovery around it, so much slowing down. And yet I still find it. And, and it's interesting because like, it's, it's a blind spot for me in a way that it will creep up. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I said I would never do this again. And look at my calendar. What have I done? Right. Well, I think that's cyclical, right? So there's something about our own growth and evolution that is cyclical. I call it the upward cycle of success where we really are reaching these same lessons or these same moments of transformation, but then we just revisit them over and over and again from a higher level of consciousness and wisdom. So I think, you know, my friend Laura McCowan wrote a great book called We Are the Lucky Ones. Um, It's a sobriety memoir. And at the beginning of it, she has these like maybe seven or 10 truths. And one of them, and this is in regards to her with alcohol, but we all have a thing. And she says, this is your thing. It will always be your thing. Mm. And there's something like, I think that I might want to take this back later, but here's what I'm going to say today. (laughs) I think that there's something very liberating for me to realize that the lessons I'm learning this lifetime are the lessons I'm learning this lifetime. And I'm going to be learning them from a hundred million different angles. But like my things are just my things. And one of my things is healing from doing too many things. Yeah. Yeah. And like, maybe that's just our thing. And, and we will get more and more and more healed and notice more and more progress in that area. Yeah. I, I love that way of looking at our lifetimes because I think the linear, like, I've healed a thing and it's done is is just another kind of capitalism kind of a mindset of like, great, mm-hmm. like, check that off my to-do list, you know? Yeah. And it's like instead yeah. of looking at it as a whole life assignment where you're like, mm-hmm. this may keep popping up. I do feel like some problems we'll say or issues I've had have got have become pretty like I used to be super obsessed with my body and weight and stuff like that when I was younger and I gotta say that one has not really popped up much again and thank goddess that I can eat but I I do think there are things like that yeah Yeah, I've had a similar body journey yeah and that I've been super grateful for because I do know some women my age who I see still really obsessed and I'm you know I'm 39. So uh, not that there's anything that there's a timeline on when you heal body issues or anything like that, but mine were more pronounced when I was, you know, 15 to 30. Totally. <laughs> um, I do see some of my peers still like really be, you know, obsessing about carbs and skinniness. And I feel really happy that I can eat carbs 
and be happy about it. Um, which feels like a miracle, right? When you kind of look back. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Amen. And like, you know, I used to be terrified of having a, an empty day in my calendar uh-huh. and now I crave it and I block off days to keep empty every single week on purpose. And so that feels like I healed that. Yeah. But it's still related to. Yeah. The, the productivity. Yeah. Like it's still related to a lifetime journey around time and worth. Yes. And I, that's I've, I've had phases like that too. I've taught in my book, I talk about when I started my surrender Saturday practice and I used to just be like, okay, Saturday is like create this cocoon of surrender. And it was really beautiful when I was living in LA and I was single and those were such deep times. I would go to Kate Shella's five rhythms class in LA and just like shake off the week. And then I would just be outside, whatever. Um, and I do find being in partnership, my partner is very like get up in the morning, like on a weekend, like the idea of like laying in bed on a Saturday morning till noon watching TV or something, he would never do. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gotten him to break many rules, but uh, I've definitely found myself now that I, that I live with someone and someone can see me doing nothing. It's like, OMG. I feel guilty. I'm like seeing him like doing things around the house. He's like just just watering all of our plants. And I'm like, oh, I'm such a terrible person for laying on the biomat for two hours like reading. Um, and I'm just curious, have you ever kind of had to deal with your own embarrassment or guilt around taking up the space to do nothing? Yes. What comes to me in this moment around this conversation is actually a conversation around privilege because where this can show up for me, it, it hasn't shown up in partnership. My husband and I are on a similar healing trajectory mm-hmm. around our tendency to do too much. So um, although he's better about just laying down in the middle of the day than me and I will notice myself judging him Mm. for it and then be like, wow, isn't that funny that I'm judging him for doing something that I would never do because I would feel too guilty doing it even though I want to. And it's just like, wow, that really has nothing to do with him. So such wonderful mirrors because I'm sure your partner is not judging you for reading on the biomat. Or maybe he is, but it has nothing to do with you. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) And then we really need to think about like, you know, rest as resistance, rest as revolution. And in what ways are we allowed to rest? Yeah. And in what ways are we not? And especially like when we think about race and when we think about gender and when we think about inequity, um, it is really important to think about just like back circling back to the conversation around money and giving and generosity, like, okay, yeah, like we can all totally rest. Like you get to read on the biomat as much as you want. No, you don't owe anybody anything. And then too, Okay, in what ways is my beingness opening up the door for other people to see more possibility of rest in their lives? And so that could look like a gajillion different ways. I do believe that one woman who gives herself permission to lay on the biomat for two hours on a Saturday, like, makes that possible for somebody else energetically. Um, but that's why, you know, I don't know if you follow the nap ministry. Yeah, I was just going to say, Instagram. yeah. There's, you know, and her book was called Trish, uh, Trish, uh, Hershey, Hershey, Hershey? Hershey? her last name. Hershey. Yeah. Hershey. Yeah. Um, her book is called rest is resistance. And so, yeah. and, and she's a black woman. So there's obviously a different context there, yeah, but she's amazing. Um, I heard her on Glennon Doyle's podcast. So good. Amazing. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I answered your question. No, you did. And I think, and I think that's part of also, you know, the, the guilt that comes up is like, oh my God, I should be doing something more. Here I am just being a lady of luxury, you know? Yeah. But here's the thing. Okay. So there's two things I want to say about that. Number one, we're all just going to die anyway. So what's the difference? (laughs) (laughs) Just going to keep that real close for all the moments I need it. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Like, it's just like no one is going to be tallying up the number of hours you were productive at the end of your life. Right. And no one on their deathbed thinks to themselves, oh, I wish I had gotten more done. Yeah. That is my live. That is my dying regret. I didn't get enough done. No one is thinking they're thinking. I wish right. The brawny where the top five regrets of the dying. They're wishing they're wishing they'd given themselves more permission to like be themselves. They wish they had cultivated their relationships more. Right. They wish they had given themselves permission to be happy. Yeah. They wish they hadn't worked so much. Yes. Right. Like those are four. I can't I remember have the goosebumps. I needed to hear that. We all needed so, to hear okay. that. Right. Everybody. We're all going to just die anyway. So it doesn't matter. Just lay on the biomat and then, <laughs> or just, or the grass. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, that's one of the reasons I really love practicing cyclical alignment because there's a very clear time in a woman's cycle or according to the lunar cycle every yeah. month, which everyone can use. It's a, there's a very clear time for going inward and, and doing less and yeah. slowing down. And as somebody who um, is healing from this, as as are you, as yeah. is our whole culture, I kind of like having that external oh, yeah. permission where it's like, oh, okay, on days, you know, like the couple days before I bleed and the, and the few days while I'm bleeding up to day about three of my cycle. So I would say about like day 26 of my cycle to day three of my cycle. I really give myself permission to do a whole heck of a lot less than other times. So I like having it organized cyclically as a rhythm into my calendar where it's like, I know this time of the month, I'm slowing it way down. And then if I need other times too, wonderful. But I know at least I've booked this in ahead of time. And that really helps me because I also know all the data and then all the energetic pieces of why my body needs that. Yes. And we've definitely, my business and Sabrina has been working with me for five years and we've gone through our whole journey with that and really, really living it, living with that and going, oh, you know what? Like we're going to need to shift some things around or we're planning around this. And like, she has all the dates of my cycle, you know, in the calendar. And so it's like, oh, right. That's, we won't plan something there. And occasionally she'll be like, ooh, somebody asked you to be on this podcast, but it looks like it's going to be probably day 28 for you or like right in that window. And I'm like, uh, and some, here's the thing. Oftentimes I say, I'll do it. (laughs) And she says, I don't think so. And she's learned after years, thank God, because at first, you know, she would just, she'd just schedule it for me because that wasn't her job to kind of manage my energy. Still not quite, but she is, she'll, she'll look and she'll be like, oh, you already have two things on your calendar and you're in the luteal. So I think, let's see if we can do it, you know, a different time. And I love this so much. I'm so great. I'm glad because I have a blind spot there. And it's like, I just have this, oh, I can do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And with, it's helps so much to have someone else's eyes on it to just, you know, and I I know not everybody can have somebody working with them, but it can also be an accountability buddy or a group of women that you guys keep each other accountable for not overdoing um, when you're at three months of your cycle. You know, I have a friend who did this really funny thing. Um, when she was in her early stages of her business and was not able to um, hire somebody yet, she just had an alter ego named like Trixie, who was her assistant. And so she actually created like Trixie at like, you know, yeah. who's he, what's he, whatever.com. And so she would run everything by Trixie and just like, and and be Trixie as, as a gatekeeper. And I thought that was so brilliant. It is. I've heard of people doing yeah. that too. Okay. Well, this is... So this question is a little selfish because I'm just curious about it because I know you're a mom, you're a wife. Do you have two or three kids? Two. Two. Okay. Two little girls. Great. And you seem to be really productive still with your work. Um, not still. That sounds like there's something wrong with you being a mom and a wife. Listen, it does. Uh, it, I'm just going to – you can absolutely have a thriving business and children. It becomes more difficult. Yeah. It just does. Well, I'm curious if you feel comfortable sharing with us, what is the kind of support structures that you think you need in place? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we need to talk about this more. In fact, I, I had a whole thing for a while. I was talking about making our scaffolding more visible because it can really seem like when we follow people online, it's like, oh, wow, she's just like getting a pedicure and then also like 
eating really healthy and then also doing like a seven figure year and then also having a book deal like wow and then she's got these kids like what's happening so <laughs> yeah tell um, me about who's working it behind the scenes you know it's important yeah, to share so- in our company, uh, so my husband and I run the business together. Oh, awesome. We both are the only people who are like, quote unquote, full time. Yeah. I do not, in all honesty, work full time. I probably work about 25 hours a week. Yeah. Um, he works probably more than I do. Um, so that's is true. Is he doing front facing stuff or is he more kind of? Mostly behind the okay, scenes. Every now and again, he comes in. And so like we are leading a VIP group in our relaxed money program together because he brings in an element of like a logical masculine that is very helpful for our clients. So sometimes he comes in, but mostly, mostly he's behind the scenes. Um, And so we've got Mike and then we have somebody who does project management part time, somebody who does community management part time, 25 hours a week. Uh, somebody who does part-time customer service and we have a part-time VA and then we have a marketing agency that we also contract with yeah. and a Facebook ads person and like, you yeah. know, graphic designer like this. So, yeah. so everyone we work with is contractors yeah. part-time. Okay. Um, and then on the home front, we have a full-time nanny housekeeper, house manager okay. and she is everything. Yeah. And she, uh, but my children are also in school 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Okay. So I have, yeah. in addition to them being in school that time, I also have a full-time person who is helping yeah. or not, not even helping who is managing the house. Yeah. Um, it's such so a big, that. it's such a big thing. I mean, we were talking about it this morning and I, I want to hear more women be honest, not, you know, not being honest first line, but just sharing, we'll say just sharing about that journey because oof, the, the old paradigm of stressed out moms or stressed out entrepreneurial moms, that is just scary to look like for me, I'm like, Oh God, I do. I wouldn't want to do that. But the, the, the other option means like, Hey, I need a lot of support in order to still be doing this work. So thank you for sharing that, that you have that. And there's, there's other cultures where you might be living with multiple generations right now. My mother-in-law is here and it's like a dream to have all this support. Right. So, so we might be having that scenario or in certain, so Anyway, is it ideal? I don't know. (laughs) But here's what I here's what I think. I had a friend when I was going to have my second baby say to me, get more support than you think you're going to need. And I didn't listen to her. Uh And I paid for it in a number of ways. Uh And so I just want to say to any woman pregnant or not, get more support than you think you're going to need. And you actually doing that will heal me and all the women who weren't able to or didn't listen to that advice. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause I saw my mom, single mom, like barely being able to keep everything moving. And, um, she wasn't an entrepreneur. She had a full-time job, but you know, it's, I, I, it's intense. It's intense. Um, and you're right. Cause we live, most of us don't live with our parents or other generations. So we don't have that kind of village helping support. And it's like, there ain't nothing Mm. wrong with, hiring the support if it's not there. No, no. And, and, and I know that a lot comes up for people around nannies or childcare or what, like a lot. I talk to women about this a lot. We have so much judgment against others or ourselves or what it means or having somebody else raise our children, like whatever. Number one, I believe in creating jobs. Yeah. So like if I have the abundance to have a full, like create full-time employment, like really good employment for somebody that's super flexible and loving. Why would we not create that? Like we're not meant to keep it all. We're meant to be conduits, right? Right. Cash flow. flow. And then number two is we get to design how it is. So like I was talking to a girlfriend of mine who had this story that if she had childcare, the person who she had hired had to be with the kids at all time and she had to be going to do something else. And it was a huge revelation for her to realize while that person was there, she could also just play with her children if she wanted to. Like, it's totally great. You get to make your own rules and you get to be there in the way you want to be there. Yeah. I babysat as one of my first jobs up until, gosh, I don't even know, my last job before I kind of 
then became a filmmaker, whatever, was managing an amazing woman in New York art dealer, her home, taking care of her uh, five to eight year old. I was with them for three years, just part time Mm -hmm. and cooking, which I had, I'd never cooked for someone. And I learned so much about being a woman because she has her own business, running her home, taking care of herself and being a mom. And I was just always around. She worked from home. So she was just always around. And mm-hmm. so if she was like, oh, I'm going to sit and watch TV with him, she, I would just go do something else. And it was not a big deal. Um, and uh, I think I, I when I nannied for a family in East Hampton when I was at NYU, it was the same thing. I was with – the mom was around. I was just – around. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's it's a lot to integrate into a family or to have someone integrate into your family. I mean, I think I was like a really angsty feminist, mystical, like thought I was so cool. And they were like super Upper East Side people. <laughs> so I, I was probably really obnoxious to them at the time. <laughs> but I was a good babysitter. But yeah, it's like, you know, you're, you're bringing, you're bringing together worlds. The same thing happens with everyone who works with me. It's like, they have to get to know how my energy works, how I communicate. Um, now after hiring people and working with people for so long, I'm, I'm very clear to tell them how I am up front so that they can feel whether that works for them. Cause some people, it may not, you know, um, but it can also like now those people feel like family, the women who worked with me and assisted me for the last few years or whatever. So thank you for sharing what your support system looks like, because mm-hmm. that's so helpful. Ah, well, so we just came up on an hour. So I'm going to let Kate go back to her life, though. I could just keep asking you so many questions. I like your books, your content, everything is amazing, super relevant to my life as a creator as someone who has a a little bit of a wound of doing too much and also not wanting to necessarily prioritize the financial stuff. Like I like it and I like it, but I always kind of hold it to the side. But hearing you talk, I'm like, come on, let's just, let's get a little bit more, you know, juicy and dirty with it. Um, (laughs) So what are the things that you have offerings right now for people to work with you? Yeah. So, um, I have massively simplified what I do recently. Um, And so we have two programs. One is called Heal the Way You Work. And that is a self-study program that just takes an afternoon to go through and it will revolutionize your relationship with time. Mm. So if you're really wanting to dive into the, you know, feminine energy productivity that's where you want to go. And then I teach another program called Relaxed Money, which is a live program where it meets the intersection of practical financial management and power with emotional mindset, energetic, and the nervous system. Mm. Because so many of us are stuck in old nervous system patterning around money. So no matter how much we make, we still feel scared and anxious and disassociated. So, uh, relaxed money is the other one. So and then true. I have a do planner. <laughs> I have a do less planner where you can make the cyclical alignment stuff really practical in your daily life. Um, but a great place to connect and learn all the things is on Instagram at Kate Northrup. And then, um, I do have for free a, uh, a, a business pressure relief kit, which would apply whether you have a business or not. Mm-hmm. And it's like the six places to start that are tiny little levers that you can make a really big difference in terms of releasing overwhelm. Mm. Um, and you can get that over at theorigincompany.co forward slash strategies. Okay, everybody go get that right now because I think that I'm going to go do it right now and I want to <laughs> I want to know what those uh, those little levers are to less overwhelm. Oh, as that's definitely one that I come in contact with, but with all the good support, it becomes less and less each time. So So true. Um, yeah, thank you so much. I just really appreciate all of the wisdom uh, that you shared with us today and just helping us to kind of graduate from some of these two, I mean, we're talking about mainly these two core kind of wounds that our grandmas, our ancestors, Mm -hmm. like probably for a long, long time have been living with it. And this like always needing to work and get things done, never time to rest and also never enough. Um, And so 
I think that the work that you're doing in the world is really big because those are really deep old imprints. And I think for anyone, man, woman, any skin color, like we, if we can graduate from those imprints and heal them and create new ones for our children and grandchildren, the world will be a very different place. So thank you. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. Please go sweep up all of Kate's yummies and tune in with her on Instagram where she does lots of great videos every day. I didn't even ask her how she creates such incredible content all the time. We'll have to save that for the next one. (laughs) But she makes really great content all the time. So go check it out. And um, we're so happy that you were with us here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events, and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.